you know, that every year the Encyclopedia Britannica or somebody else comes up with the word of the year. And uh, I think they missed their mark on this one because our friends over at Reason Magazine uh, just used a term that I had not heard before. I wish I had. I wish I'd thought of this. But basically, they've uh, they've just coined this phrase called uh, fauchism. Uh, we're, we're suffering from a pretty serious case of, of fauchism here in America. Uh, and to illustrate the case, oh, by the way, I'm Bill Little here with Steve Green Scott. This is writing a brought to you by members of Bill Workham. Uh, they uh, talk about an interview that uh, that Dr. Fauchus was uh, was. Uh, engaged in not too long ago with some airline executives. And and this is from the Reason article, but it's worth uh, a quick little quote. Uh, this is the article speaking. Last week, the CEOs of American Airlines and Southwest Airlines told Congress that they do not think mask requirements make much sense on airplanes, where the air filtration systems are superior to what is typically found in an, intens- in an intensive care unit. I think the case is very strong that masks don't add much, if anything, in the air cabin environment, said Gary Kelly, CEO of Southwest. It is very safe and very high quality compared to any other indoor setting. Unwilling to let anyone undermine the case for keeping a government mandate in place, however, White House coronavirus advisor Anthony Fauci threw cold water on the idea. You have to be wearing a mask on a plane, he said bluntly on television Sunday. The story continues when ABC News' John Carl asked Fauci specifically if he thought we would ever reach the point where we did not need to wear masks on planes. He responded, oh, I don't think so. I think when you're dealing with a closed space, even though the filtration is good, you want to go that extra step when you have people. You know, you get a flight from Washington to San Francisco. It's well over a five-hour flight. Even though you have a good filtration system, I still believe that masks are the prudent thing to do and we should be doing it. Well, if it turned out that this was just a recommendation, that'd be one thing, but it's not a recommendation. It's an actual mandate. If you get to fly for five hours, you have to wear the mask. But fortunately, you are allowed to remove the mask while you're chewing, you know, when you're creating lots and lots and lots of bobs of of aerosolized particles, because the virus understands that while you're chewing, it's just not fair to go ahead and infect people in a pressurized cylinder. So so it is really following the science. Uh, Steve, here's the thing about this term fascism that that this particular transaction um, got me thinking about. And that is simply this. When will this be over? What is the metric for which this will be over? This is the one thing that I think all Americans together would like to know, whether you're extremely pro-vaccine or extremely anti-vaccine, most Americans would like to know, when will this be over? And according to, to Dr. Fauci, as far as wearing a mask on an airplane, he doesn't think it should ever be over. Ever. Yeah, well, <clears throat> he's been wrong about a lot of things. It's not over, Bill, it? yet. I, I don't know when it's going to be over, but I can tell you it's ending. You, you can see it all yes, around you. Be- because of the Omicron uh, being relatively mild and brushing um, out all the other cases. Well, no, I'm glad you brought but that up. But the federal law is still there, though, Steve. That's not where I was going with this, though. Um, what I mean is uh, even New Yorkers have quit listening. Uh, people in Los Angeles have quit listening. Uh, the vast majority of us who gave up on this stuff a while ago um, just aren't following the rules anymore. Uh, New York's new governor says she won't enforce her own mask mandate. Uh, in fact, now she's trying something where she's going to try bribing the counties uh, in New York state to enforce it for her. Guess what? They're going to take the money and look the other way if this thing goes through. Uh, Newsom, there in your state of California, same story. It's a mask mandate with no teeth. Uh, he's not going to enforce it. Nobody can enforce it. 
Um, we've got, you know, this pains me to say it, but we've reached the point in this country where Irish democracy is what's going to save us. And that's sad because we're supposed to have institutions. We do have a constitution that is worth respecting and worth following. But when the people who have sworn to uphold and defend and protect that constitution don't, when they sneer at us and issue mandates and requirements that have nothing to do with any actual science, we stop listening. We stop paying attention. And that's what we're seeing all, all around us. Uh, the airplane situation, that's, that's a tricky one. That's probably going to be the last domino to fall before this thing is finally over. Because the airlines have to do what the FAA says. The FAA is going to do whatever Fauci and his minions say, even yeah, though they don't want to. It's a federal the, mandate. Yeah, the 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 the, uh, the the airline CEOs. Excuse me, there must be somebody at the door. There go my dogs. Um, the airline CEOs testified to the Senate last week. I think you talked about this on our backstage segment for uh, for our our members that the masks don't work. I don't know why you guys are still doing this. Please don't make us keep doing this. But they have to, and you know they can simply not take the plane. You know, keep it there on the tarmac till everybody puts their masks on. But there are ways around it. Uh, give you another example of Irish democracy. I took my family on vacation back in August. Mandate's still in full effect. We've got a four and a half hour flight. I don't want to wear the mask the whole time. But you don't have to wear a mask while you're chewing. So you know what I did? I bought a couple of bags of beef jerky at the airport. I bought lollipops. There you go. And you can chew beef jerky, especially if you've got two bags of it for a very long time. About four and a half hours by the way. And every time the stewardess walked by, I made sure I, would, I had some beef jerky or I was taking a sip of scotch or whatever it was I was doing. There are ways around this. And the more people just find our ways around it or just start ignoring it completely like uh, like New Yorkers are, the sooner this ends. It's going to be a process. It's going to be a struggle, but just resist. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. A quick, quick, quick yeah. follow-up question, Steve. Uh, Dr. Fauci talked about uh, that, you know, you can spread a lot of infection on a five-hour flight from New York to San Francisco. Just curious if you have any idea how many five-hour flights from New York to San Francisco Dr. Fauci undergoes in the cabin of a commercial jetliner, <laughs> even in first class. Because I'm going to go way out on a limb here and say that I think he probably flies on a private jet. Yeah, it's and, a nice round number. Yeah. And I'd be willing to bet you on that private jet, the, the mask enforcement mandate is not quite as strictly enforced as he would on other people. And Scott, this is why we call this fascism, right? It's not a question of, of advice. Let's just be crystal clear on this, okay? I am perfectly comfortable and happy with the with the government of the country that I'm a member of issuing recommendations, issuing findings, issuing all of these things. And and then once it's made clear its position, then in a free republic, it should simply say you are you are the best guarantor of your own safety. That's your responsibility, not ours. This is what we strongly recommend. Here's what the data shows. But we are not going to force you to to do things or force you to eject things. We're not going to do any of that stuff because we don't own you. We work for you. You are a free person. And most importantly, the big magic word in all of this is you are an adult. You are capable of assessing your own health. You're capable of looking what the survival rates are. And we are not here to tell you how you should run your life. 
But this is not what we've seen, and we haven't seen anything like this. Well, when they interview somebody um, like Anthony Fauci, the questions uh, shouldn't be questions that you would aim at a political pundit. They should be questions that you would aim at a scientific person, a medical professional, somebody who is engaged or at least overseeing research, somebody who is part of an organization that does research. And if somebody says something like, you'll never be able to take your mask off in an airplane. The follow-up question should be natural. Let's talk about the data behind that. How were things before with, you know, what kind of diseases people had that are airborne diseases and how are they now? How is this compared to saying, oh, I don't know, the, the flu that goes around every winter? Should we have to wear masks on airplanes even if we didn't have COVID-19 because some people have that virus and are, and maybe passing that around. Tell me Is about there data, the data on how effective the masks are. Yeah, on yeah, and I don't mean to be. I'm not saying this to drive an agenda. I mean, I'm I'm not saying he doesn't have the data. I'm saying that's the conversation to have with a guy like that. Not, hey, what's your opinion about what people should be forced to do? You know, and and it's funny because we've had a challenge, a health challenge in our history um, that spurred us to make public announcements about the dangers, but we didn't take away people's livelihoods. We didn't get them fired from their jobs. We just said, if you smoke, you'll have a low fetal weight baby. We said that smoke, quitting smoking now improves your chances of avoiding cancer. We said smoking causes cancer. We, we made all kinds of pronouncements about the science behind research that had shown that cigarette smoking is bad for your health in one way or the other. And most people took that information and said, you know what? It ain't worth the cost. I'm not going to smoke anymore. And it, all you but need But you can to, still buy cigarettes. That's right. You can go into any store you want to and buy cigarettes still. But if you look around, you know, just watch any old movie or TV show and see how many people were oh, smoking. Man. It was part of the normal culture. It is not now. And it's not that smokers are necessarily pariahs. But, you know, if you need to smoke, now you go outside and stand in the parking lot somewhere. And that was an effective way of enhancing public health. We did the same thing with drunk driving, with essentially a peer pressure campaign driven, in some cases, by private individuals or private organizations like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. So I don't know why those highly effective marketing campaigns weren't taken as a template going forward by guys like Anthony Fauci, not necessarily him doing it, um, but him him providing the science behind the messaging that would go out to people and say, here, here is why we say that it's good for you to wear a mask. This is the difference it makes. Um, if you do this, here's here's the consequence. Here's the, If you don't do this, here's the negative consequence. Um, that's how America has generally operated. It would be a good time to get back to that. Hey, uh, can, I, can I throw something in real please, quick? Please. Uh, Scott, what you just said is brilliant, and it goes back to my segment on Joe Manchin. Uh, the, the elites of this country no longer respect us enough to try and persuade. It's all so it's command simple. and control. Let's go back to the beginning of progressivism in this country as a political movement. One of the very first things that progressives did when they, when they got enough uh, political power was they passed prohibition. They had decided that alcohol was bad for people, or at least a vocal portion of the population decided that alcohol was bad for people. And so, like any other dictatorship, they simply said, you can no longer have any alcohol. You cannot buy alcohol. Alcohol sales are illegal in the United States of America because we know what's better for you than you do. They had the votes, and that's what they did. Alcoholism rose during 
prohibition. You know, that's not exactly intuitive, but it did. All kinds of the abuses that were presumably in place to put, alco- to put prohibition in the first place, all of those went up. They turned every single citizen in the country into a criminal because they'd come home from the end of a day and wanted to have a beer and sit down and watch a baseball game. So that's what happens when you treat people like children. And after 11 years or whatever it was, we finally said maybe we shouldn't do this. Scott's example, on the other hand, is the exact opposite example of exactly how you should treat free people. You can say, this is what we've discovered. This is solidly based on evidence. Here's the data. They did not ban cigarettes. They did not make cigarettes illegal. Yes, they put taxes on them, but that's not the point. When it came to smoking, the government basically said, if you want to go ahead and do this, that's your business. And they never once banned cigarettes. That's the difference between a population that is free and a population that is owned. And This is why this kind of fascism is so alarming to me and many, 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 many other people. I'll close by asking this. Scott had a had a exactly right. He said, what questions would you ask a so-called scientist about this? Don't preload the question. Don't 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 send the question. Just ask a simple question. So here's a quote from the same article. Dr. Fauci talking about uh continuing all of these restrictions, said, you know, we're in a war, John, talking to the person who was interviewing him. It's kind of like we're halfway through World War II and you decide, well, I think I've had enough of this. I'm walking away. You can't do that. You've got to finish it. We're going to finish this and get back to normal. Okay, great. My my single question to Dr. Fauci would be, what does finishing this look like? What is the definition of finishing this? You reference World War II. I could tell you what finishing World War II looked like. Finishing World War II looks like Adolf Hitler shooting himself in his bunker and then the USS Missouri and Tokyo Bay. That's what finishing World War II looks like. So why don't you give us the metric for the finishing of this war that you claim we're halfway through? And we never get the metric. All we get is we're going to have to be bombing Japan forever. We're just going to have to keep bombing them forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Who knows when they're going to surrender? Who knows? It's dishonest. It's it is it is modern fascism. And it's time for it to stop. And and it's time for somebody who has an understanding of this. If you ask Dr. Fauci, will the coronavirus ever go away? Will we ever get to zero cases of coronavirus in a year? The answer is no. He knows that. Everybody knows that. How many is acceptable? Have we ever heard that information? No. Will we ever hear that information? No. And now you know why. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Red Hat.